Hello, and welcome to the Grove Church Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and we are so glad that you're joining us. Whether you are a member and you're just catching up on a sermon that you missed, or you're someone who's brand new, we are really glad that you are joining us. And if you are new in some way, and I know that a lot of people will do that, will listen to sermons first before they visit, I want you to know that we would love to meet you at any point. You can join us live in our services on Sunday, 9 and 1030, or our streaming service at 1030. Either way, we would love to be able to get to know you. And regardless of why you are here uh, listening to this sermon today, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Well, hey, good morning. morning. I'm Mark, and uh, welcome to Father's Day. Hope we, uh, daddies, hope you're celebrating your daddies big today. Uh, Also know that for a lot of folks, uh, you know, these Father's and Mother's Days are tough, and just want to say that we see you too and know that that's real. Um, You know, Terry and I, uh, there were a lot of years there that we were uh, wanting, praying, hoping for some kiddos, and we're just kind of in that waiting phase, and uh, a lot of hardships with that, and um, and so these days would come around, and we would call them Future Future Mother's Day, Future Father's Day, uh, in hopes and beliefs that one day we might be one. And I tell you what, I had I had absolutely no idea. Does anybody feel this way? Before you had kiddos, I had absolutely no idea what I was asking for, uh, and what it means to to be a parent. Uh, how incredibly uh, rewarding uh, that that it can be. How incredibly uh, challenging uh, and difficult it can be. And, um, you know, I think about the, the older I get and what it's what it would look like to be uh, a parent to adult kids. And I've got one that's married now and trying to, to sort that. And I think, I just don't think you'll really appreciate it until you've seen the full cycle of, man, this is, this parenthood thing is like, there's a reason we have these days, right? <laughs> we need to, we need to celebrate. And I guess I'll take the opportunity to brag, brag a sec you know, we've, uh, our student ministry roots just spent last week at Camp Barnabas. And I know we talked a little bit about that. If you don't know what that is, Camp Barnabas is a, is a camp for kids with special needs. And um, our, our youth group, our students, they, they go and serve and, and just really are kind of, you know, there's a camper or two that they're connected with that they take care of and in all the ways that they need taken care of. And... Um, it's just a really, just really, really proud, you know, I'm really proud to, to be a part of a church that our student ministry does that. And, um, and then to have a kid that, that comes back and to hear those stories and see those pictures is just um, pretty amazing. And um, so anyway, I actually started crying first service. And so I'm going to stop there before I say much more. Um, hey, so if you've been tracking with us through this series, you know, we've been talking about prayer. We've been looking at prayer through the Psalms, these different Psalms. And, and in particular, maybe the best way to say it would be to talk about maybe a, a more mature, fuller picture of what, what prayer is and the way that, that we approach it. You know, when you're, when you're a kid, when I was a kid, I was first learning about prayer, even that word, like immediately, I'm just thinking about the things that I'm asking for. I'm going to God and I'm, and I'm asking for them. Uh, man, would you, would you give me this? Would you give me this? Would you take care of this? I might say, thank you for the food, and then say, yeah, but we could, have, could we have some french fries next time? You know, I, it was this idea that prayer meant asking. And we are presenting this idea that Charlie and I were introduced to uh, several years ago of, and that, that I see very clearly in the scriptures, that really asking is a piece, but 
there's really some steps we need to go through to prepare our heart to, to ask well and, uh, and to ask in a way that, in a mature way of our relationship with God. We begin with this idea of, hey, we're, gonna, we're gonna just going to praise him. We're going to start out just telling God how incredible he is. And I don't know if you've, if you've been here, if you took the opportunity to do this at all, just to stop, to take some time, to think about how big God is, to recognize his, his bigness in all the ways that he's incredible, and just to call those things out to him, to say, God, man, you are awesome in this. Uh, today, we're going to focus on being thankful, the things he's done. I'm just, man, you're awesome in this, and this is who you are, and that's incredible. Uh, it does something to your heart when you stop and do that. You know, when we sing these songs and we call out these, these truths about who God is, it does, it does something to your heart because you, you increase the size of your vision of God, and it does something in the way that you approach Him, in the way that you think about Him, in the way that you think about life and yourself. You know, that second part that Charlie talked about last week, confession, uh, that's, that's a piece for me that was totally non-existent. So I had grown, grown up in a faith tradition that it really didn't seem like it had a place. It was like I you know, believed that we were forgiven of sins, uh, past, present, future, far from me as the East is from the West. Why we need to talk about them? You know, I don't understand why. What, what, what confession? What is confession? Oh, confession is something those people that are in other faith traditions, they, they confess, but it doesn't really fit in here until I was really introduced to what confession is all about. When I, when I look at my, my sin and I call it the same thing that God calls it and see it the same way that he sees it and say that and keep these short accounts with God where I'm saying the same thing about these things that are in my life that aren't good that he is, man, that's, that's a really, really powerful and healthy and needed part of our relationship with God. Um, it, and also to call it out so that he can begin to do that work of sanctification of making us better, showing us how to move forward and move out of those things and not continue to just stay there. Um, so in prayer for us to say, God, you're incredible. This is the reality of, I mean, how pure and holy you are. And this is the reality of what's, what's in my life. And that these things are, are a big deal, big enough of a deal that God sent his son to die and give his life to make it possible for us to made, be made right with God. I mean, that's, that means these things, they're not small things. They're big things that we need to say. That wasn't just a little bit of a lie. That was a lie, God. And that's ugly. I, I, I don't like it because I know you don't like it. I don't want it there anymore. Huge part of, of our prayer life. And then today, we're going to talk about now, what does it look like to say, God, I see you doing these things in my life and in the, in the lives of the people around me, and I just want to say thank you. And y'all, I'm going to be honest, I think this, this Thanksgiving piece is, uh, is, what's the best way to say it? Maybe the secret sauce, the, the thing that most of us are, are missing that is so crazy powerful if we'll really ever lean into it and recognize the things that God is doing and has done and say it, call it out to him, remember it. And uh, I may have told the story before, I don't remember, but I have to if I'm going to talk about this because there was a moment for me that the, the neon light uh, to this truth kind of just lit up. And it was, uh, I guess, junior year in college, and I had just started, Terry and I had just gotten married that summer. I had just started to take Jesus more seriously uh, that fall. We got invited to this Christmas conference for this college ministry. And, 
And so we decided to go. Didn't know anybody there, but we decided to go. It was in Branson at the Roy Clark Hotel. Uh, we, we, a few days before, the guy that had introduced us and invited us, he said, hey, they're going to have this competition, two different competitions. This will tell you a lot about us. Two different competitions. There was the root beer chugging contest that Terry entered herself into and almost won, which is pretty impressive. Only girl in the competition. Almost beat out this 300-pound guy. It was, it was awesome. And then there was this other scripture memory competition that I signed up for. And there were these 60 verses. If you ever heard of the topical memory system, there were these 60 verses that they were going to just pull out of a hat. And then you had to recite it perfectly. You had to give the address of the verse, give the verse exactly, and then the address at the end. And the other people that had been there had been involved for a long time, and they had the 60 verses. Now, me, I had maybe 12 and I was just arrogant enough, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sign up anyway. I mean, I got a chance that they might pull one of the 12, and if they don't, then, you know, I'll just walk off the stage, I guess. So sure enough, I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to be okay. When they started doing the people that went in front of me, where they were, like, smart and knew their stuff, it scared me pretty bad. I'm like, man, I, I, am, not, I am not in the place that I should be. But sure enough, I step up, and they pull out my golden verse. I mean, besides like John 3.16, uh, which I had learned as a kid, uh, I had learned this verse, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. And it was really, I re memorized it because it was really, really powerful to me because I have always struggled with, with anxiousness. And that verse, if you're familiar with it, says, be anxious for nothing. That's how it starts. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and petition, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so they said, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I said, I got this, all right. Walked up there all, you know, proud. Hey, I get, okay. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and petition, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And they said, No. And I was like, all right. And I had no idea what I missed, so I stepped back. So then I was like, all right, all right, I'll go again. You know, you get like two or three attempts. Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and petition. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I thought maybe I didn't say it loud enough. And they said, no. And so at this point, I'm like, well, I can, I can say it again, but it's not going to do any good. I have no idea what I'm missing. And this is, like, this is my key verse. And they say, well, say it again. I'm like, well, be anxious in nothing, for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition. Let no, and they said, no, right there. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition. With thanks, thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And what I realized that I had missed much more than just the word Thanksgiving in this scripture memory competition. My life, maybe your life, is absent of it. And so I'm talking about this, this promise over anxiousness, this, uh, this uh, uh, transcending all understanding, this thing that God wants to do. But right there in the middle of it, he, he screams it. You have an attitude of thankfulness. And everything starts to change. And if you've had any moments that you have really been thankful, you know what I'm talking about. You start to see life differently when you realize all that you have.
I mean, you know, sometimes I'll just stop and just think about the reality <laughs> that we, uh, that gravity is holding us to the ground right now and we're breathing oxygen and our lungs work, you know? I mean, th things that you don't give thanks for, you take for granted every day. I've had a cough for about three weeks now and no, I haven't been to the doctor and that's not good. Uh, it probably would be going away, but I have a cough and if, and, and you know the days that I don't have a cough before I had this cough? I wasn't thankful that I didn't have a cough. You know how bad I yearn right now not to have a cough? And then the cough's going to go away, and about a week later, I'm going to forget that I ever had a cough. And I'm not going to be thankful for the fact that I am not coughing right now. That's the way we work. There's a strong gravity that pulls us away from being thankful and just taking things for granted. And so there's a lot of different psalms. See, I say that, now I'm going to cough. <coughs> There's a lot of different psalms that we could go to and talk about thankfulness because it is all over it. But the one that I really want to go to uh, is Psalm 111. And I'm just going to take it just a, a verse at a time and just make a few observations, really praying today that the Lord would stir our hearts towards thankfulness. Uh, it starts out like this, praise the Lord, exclamation point. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright and in the congregation. Let me read that again. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. I will give thanks. If you've been around for a while, a few years ago, our, uh, our big launch party and series that we do in the beginning of the fall, we called it I Will. Uh, we studied through Acts and... We called it I will because we were saying that together we were making a determined decision to move forward in these things that God is calling us to. I will is a statement of I'm, I'm going to, and this is a determined choice. And it's counter to what might be natural to me. You know, my, my natural gravity might be to, to be like this or to think this way, but I, I will choose to do this, even if it's the hard thing or the unnatural to my flesh thing. And like I said a minute ago, I think that this is true. Being thankful is something that we have to make a, a choice to do because our nature pulls us into just taking things for granted, the incredible things that God has done. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever done something and taught yourself something counter to what you're used to, maybe tried to do something with the opposite, with your, the hand that's not your dominant hand or something like that. Uh, I had to learn, if you've ever learned, had to try to drive on the wrong side of the road or the right side of the road or the, you know, the, the other side of the road um, in a car where the steering wheel is on the other side of the car or the other side of the car, uh, it is, it, it's really difficult. It, but you got to do it, otherwise you're going you're gonna to die, right? So you got to figure out, how am I going to make this manual transmission car with the steering wheel on the right side that I'm driving on the left side, or right side. Anyway, how am I going to make all that happen? And um, you'd be surprised, the thing that's most difficult, or at least I found the most difficult, which luckily, the friend that let me learn on his car, it was a big SUV with a big brush guard on the front. So uh, if I bumped into things, at least it wasn't going to hurt his car. Uh, I ran into a rickshaw or two, and I'm pretty sure I did damage. But uh, the, the most difficult part is that... That left front bumper, you know, your whole life, you've been right seat, that far bumper, the left bumper's close to you, but that far bumper's way over there. But you never realize that because you're so used to being here. You shift over to this other seat, 
and you're driving on the right side of the car, and that left front bumper feels like it's like a thousand miles away. And when you go to make that right turn and it swings out there, that's what I kept on hitting things with. Because you don't, you, don't, you don't know what to do with that. And this bumper's like too close to you, and that bumper's too far from you. And you just get really dangerous. Um, learned it well enough that I felt, then I learned how to be comfortable with that. And in fact, sometimes if I'm not thinking straight and like early in the morning or something, sometimes I'll pull out and drive on the wrong side of the road. So if you ever see me doing that, I apologize. I catch myself usually within a few seconds. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, learning to do something that's not natural. And it's just good for us to say that. Being thankful. Being thankful is something that humans don't do. Not just naturally. We don't just, that's something that we, we look at each other, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, you know what, I am going to choose to be thankful. And I promise you that alone, if I close things up, we go home right now, you make a determined choice to be thankful. Your joy will increase. Your happiness will increase. Your peace and the lack of fear in your life, uh, it was, the peace will go up, fear will start to go down. It will just happen because you will notice and be aware of all the things that God is doing. And when you see all the things that he's doing and you notice them and you remember them, it gives you faith. It, it increases your ability to face the next challenge, to look at life and see how big he is and how small you are and how small that challenge is in light of how big he is. We make a determined choice. I will give thanks. And he says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. He says, this, this thankfulness the psalmist is talking about is not a half-hearted thankfulness. It is an all-in thankfulness. It is, it is I'm going for this thing. Uh, you know, maybe a less-known thing. I, uh, Charlie and I, one thing we have in common is both of us were like middle school, junior high. Basketball was really the thing that, the sport that we wanted to play. I think both of us had, you know, dreams of going to the league I think he said his stopped because he, he never grew. Like he was as tall as he is now when he was like eighth grade. Mine stopped because in high school, I fouled out of all, all the games. I just, I got a charge every time I came down the court. And finally, I just realized football might be my sport. So I, I gave up on it. Uh, but one thing we have in common now, you won't see us playing a lot of pickup basketball games, which I really do love the sport. But one thing we've talked about is it's really difficult because I only have two gears. It's either all-in gear, and you don't want to play a pickup basketball game with me in all-in gear. You just don't. It's not fun for you. It's not fun for me. Because I take it too serious. I'm diving after balls. I'm taking charges. I'm giving charges. You know, somebody's going to get hurt, especially we're going to pull my muscles. Something bad's going to happen, and then we're going to end up with black eyes and mad at each other. Or I can crank that back, flip the switch, and be I don't care gear, half-hearted gear. And so as long as we can stay in half-hearted gear and joke and play around, you know, it's fine. But don't, we can't go in full, full all-in gear. What he's talking about here, I will give thanks, not half-heartedly, with everything that I am. Full in, push the chips to the middle of the table kind of thankfulness. That kind of thankfulness. And then he says, and y'all, we got to draw attention to this, because I think these are the statements that a lot of times... In church, we don't talk about, and so we have grown an idea that, that faith is so personal that we don't know where church fits and where the community fits. But look at what the psalmist says. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright. 
in the congregation. So I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with my whole heart, and I'm going to do it publicly. Because there's something that's really powerful when we rehearse the things that God has done publicly. The things he's done in your life inspire and encourage me. The things that he's done in my life inspire and encourage you. And all of us together bring a full picture of this incredible God and how he works and how thankful we should be. And that's one of the reasons why this is so important. And I'll go ahead and give you a heads up. At the end of this time, I'm, I'm going to give us a chance just for a couple minutes. If you want to out loud say, I, I thank God for this, I'm going to give us a chance to do that. So if God is saying something to you that you want to call out in the, in the congregation, God did this, I, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. Also, uh, unashamedly, uh, publicly, uh, makes me think of, uh, you know, I, I love the Rocky movies. And Rocky 1 is obviously the best one, and nobody's going to argue with me about that. Rocky 4 doesn't even count. Uh, Rocky 5 is, uh, is up there pretty big, and most of you have probably never seen it. It's the one where, where Rocky, the, you know, the family, they lose all their money. They go back to the street he started on. He's uh, just working at the gym, and this, this no-name boxer shows up from small town. Actually, the, the guy was a real boxer, not much of an actor, a real boxer that was born in Gravit. Little known fact. So anyway, so he's he's training this boxer, and he, he gives him gives him a place to sleep in his own home, feeds him from his own table, starts to care for him so much that he starts to spend less time with his son, and starts to have problems with his relationship with his son because he's given so much time to this to this new boxer. And the boxer wants a shot at the title, but Rocky's like, "Hey, listen, we just need to be patient." We need to pay. That'll come. That'll come. I'm going to try to teach you how to do this. He gets impatient. A uh, fight promoter comes along and says, I'll give you the title shot. So he leaves Rocky. He goes and gets the title shot, wins the, the title match. And then after the title match, when all of the microphones and he gets a chance to publicly say, man, I, I give thanks to the one who got me here, Rocky Balboa. He says, I give thanks to this fight promoter. And I just remember as a 13-year-old boy in the theater, my heart falling on the middle of the floor. That's not right. That is Thanksgiving misdirected to the one who doesn't deserve it. You're not giving it to the one who does deserve it. Y'all, y'all know how often we do that? Either we're silent to publicly give God thanks, or we give thanks to the wrong thing, or we think we did it. When God is doing things and we just miss them, we give thanks to the wrong person, to the wrong place. He says, I, I, I give it, and I give it publicly. You know, it's important for us to rehearse these things that God has done because we're so quick to forget. And I know what you're thinking, because this is, this is what I think. This is the reason I'm, I've been so slow to confess my sin, because I think to myself, self, God knows I did that already. I don't need to tell him. And I know I did that. So what good is it going to do us? What is this little exercise going to do us? I'm going to tell him what I did. He already knows what I did. I already know what I did. Let's just not do that. And I miss the whole power of really what it does in me to say that's not good, God. And I see it the same way that you see it. Well, in the same way with Thanksgiving, we go, oh, well, God already knows that he did it. I know that he did it. What's the point? Well, the point is God knows. But you, you forget <laughs> And you need to say it out loud so you know 
God did that, and that's incredible, and he's incredible. Thank you, God, for what you did. I see it. I see it, and it matters to me, and I realize who you are. You know, uh, right now, another thing that's happening, uh, last week our team went to Cuba. Our, you know, we sent them off. They, they, just, they just left, and uh, so they're on the ground, uh, man, delivering clean water, these water filters, and also this message of living water to a place that's in desperate need of it. And uh, I just challenge you, one, this week, just to be praying for them and, and what they're doing and their safety and uh, that God would use them big. But when they come back, grab one of them, snag them on a Sunday or text them if you know somebody and say, hey, tell me, tell me about the trip. And man, I can 99.99999 tell you what they're going to say because I've, I've been on those trips and I've been around these trips a lot. And what happens to you is you go to do something good and there's a need and you go to meet that need and you, you get the chance to be a part of that and that is beautiful. But also alongside that, God does something really big in you that you didn't see coming. Because you go to a place where there are less material things and there's, there is a lot of need and, and you see somebody being thankful for clean water that you have taken for granted your whole life. You take for granted every single day that you don't have to have a, some kind of special water filter in your house to, to drink the water. You know, that, that you don't have to th- second guess whether your family's going to get sick from the water that you have. This message of the gospel that you have had exposure to, we take it for granted. And so you see that and you, you go, oh my goodness, I have been ungrateful and unthankful. And then you see also, like in the local believers, you see this joy and this peace. They don't have much, but they got something special that you've wanted. <laughs> You're like, where, where, is, where is that coming from? Y'all, ding, 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 thankfulness. It's the power of being thankful. Look at this next part. He says, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them, full of splendor and majesty. His work and his righteousness endure forever. Do you catch that? (laughs) They are studied by all who delight in them. There is an art of studying the things that God does, paying attention to them, seeing them, really trying to understand what he's doing, of studying it and delighting in it, not just moving on, but delighting in it. You know, we, uh, growing up going to swimming pools and and being around a lot of swimming pools, I was a lifeguard uh, through high school and college. I never appreciated what it took to make a pool clean. And then during COVID, we we bought this little $100 pool at the grocery store and I was like, all right, we're going to throw a pool in the backyard. You know, we're going we're gonna to do this. Y'all, I can never figure out how to do it. And you people who know how to do it, I'm amazed because it is a science project because it was always cloudy, always dirty, or I'd put too much and, and all of our clothes would be white when we got out, probably have skin diseases. I mean, I, there, was, there was no way to find the perfect balance of all those things. And it, it's just really, really difficult. This year, our, our neighborhood pool, there was a guy out there in a scuba suit in the pool with a, a power washer cleaning the bottom of the pool. And I just watched him for a while thinking, yes, it, this is what it, I, I appreciate what it takes to make this pool clean so that our family can enjoy it. And before, I, I just didn't. 
Man, if you begin to make a study, the, the deeper you understand things, the more you get, oh man, we were just we were just talking about coffee. Like you don't understand coffee, you think it's no big deal. When you really understand what it takes to put that black stuff in your cup, you're like, oh, this is a big deal. He says, study those things and delight in them. And then I just love at the end, he says, his uh, full of splendor and majesty is his work. His righteousness endures forever. His righteousness never comes to an end. It endures forever. Hey, just because uh, this was a moment for, for Terry and I, we were on a plane this last week, and you guys can go ahead and put this up there. Um, pilot comes over the loudspeaker, the lights are off in the plane. He says, hey, I just want you guys to know, if you look out the right side of the plane, you might want to open your shades and just, and just have a look because there's a light show going on out there that I have never seen anything like it before. And that whole flight, if you looked at the right side of the plane, that was happening. And I just sat there in awe. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's just something that God does all the time. It's just, just a little, little glimpse of his power. But how often do you stop to just look at the things that God does and just go, man, man, he's incredible. Look at the way it says it here. He's, his, his splendor, his majesty, so big. It goes on to say here, he has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. He wants them to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. So he calls us to remember. And if you look at, at what God does through the scriptures with his, his people, you know, there are these things that are set there to help them remember. I mean, Passover meal, the Lord's Supper is a great example. For, I mean, it's, it's set there to, to remember so that we we don't forget because of our tendency to forget. These, these holidays, you know, these holidays where we celebrate parents, so, so we don't forget because we are very quick to forget. And I love it that he says, man, he causes these things to be remembered. And then one of the things about the nature of our God is that he remembers. He remembers his promises. He's, not, he's unlike us. He doesn't forget. He remembers he remembers his promises. He goes on to say, he has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All of his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and a brightness. He sent his redemption to his people he sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord, hear this, is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. Praise, his praise endures forever. You know, this is also a repeated idea, especially even bigger, this idea of humility. Which is really the thing that we're talking about with adoration and confession. And now we're talking about Thanksgiving. Before we enter into the house of God and ask him, wouldn't it be appropriate 
for us to enter humbly, to recognize who he is, to recognize the truth about who we are, to thank him for all of these things that he's done. Humility wins. Living with a bigger, correct view of God, guys, y'all, that, that is the thing that sets us free. To overcome fear, to overcome anxiety, to have, to have peace, the happiness that always seems a little bit too elusive. Man, if you start to see all the things that God has done right now, the things that you currently possess, you face that next challenge, that dark night, with a different attitude. So, like I said, I want to I go back up to that, that verse 1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. I want you to just take a sec. How would you finish that sentence? I thank God today for. And what is that thing that immediately comes to your mind? And I'm going to have us close our eyes and uh, just leave it open for a minute here. Maybe you just want to think it to yourself, but if there's, if there's anybody that wants to just say it out loud, I thank God today for this, then I want to give you a minute to do that, and then I'll close this out. Thanks again for joining us on our sermon podcast, and you can learn more about us at thegrovechurch.org. And if you go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect, there's a form you could fill out. Just let us know that you've been listening. And if you want to dig deeper on some of these topics that we cover in our sermon podcast or just in other issues of dealing with culture or theology, those kinds of things, uh, you can check out our Cultivate podcast. It's on the same feed, um, however you found this particular podcast. So again, this is Charlie, the lead pastor at The Grove, and thank you so much for joining us.